Thanks for joining us here on the Light San Diego podcast. This sermon was recorded in Encinitas, California. For more information, please visit us at lightsandiego.com. one that I want to talk about is winter. Winter is a, 
an interesting time for the, the winter and the vine dressing because this is the time of pruning. This is a time where all of the leaves have fallen off, the grapes have been picked, and we are left with really one activity, and that's to prepare and to prune. Pruning is always done in winter as the pestilence are dormant, the sap is stilled in the cold, and fruit is beginning to form under the cane. This job is so important that only the vine dresser, not hired hands, will accomplish this. Pruning is surgery of the highest order, and unless the branch is at rest when the process begins, this cutting could destroy it. Nothing will have more impact on the health and the fruitfulness of the vine than pruning. As Wayne Jacobson reflects on growing up on his father's vineyard, he talks about how in the winter is the one time that his father made sure that he did the pruning. And sometimes for us, we can find ourselves in a winter season. Maybe you're in one right now. It feels cold and isolated and alone. But we have an invitation that in this time of pruning, that this is done with a sense of care and intimacy, that God can work even in these times to begin to shape us and to mold us so that we can bear more fruit. And then there's the springtime. The springtimes, vine dressers talk about it as the time where it almost grows themselves. It's watering itself, it has the right kind of sunlight, and this is where the vines begin to take off and leaves begin to grow and you can begin to start seeing little fruits develop. But there's also a warning that it's in this time of springtime that we begin to have the potential to lose sight of the work that's needed to be done to prepare for the summer months of drought. He says in his book that complacency is the greatest danger we face when God blesses us in the springtime. Almost always, long days lie between promise and fulfillment, and those are the days when the process of transformation takes place. And God is moving powerfully in our lives. That is the time we need to develop. And I love what he says, patterns of relationship for our future. My encouragement to you, if, if, if you find yourself in a time that feels like spring, this is a time to continue to develop patterns of relationship, things like prayer, silence and solitude, fasting, reading of the scriptures. Because in those moments, we can add extra care so that when we face times of winter or the drought of summer, we have begun to nourish our souls in such a way that will allow us to abide in the right kind of way in the branch in the vineyard. William Paulsell says, it is unlikely that we will deepen our relationship to God in a casual or haphazard manner. There will be a need for some intentional commitment and some reorganization in our own lives. There's nothing that will enrich our lives more than a deeper and clearer perception of God's presence in the routine of daily living. These are those patterns of relationships that we are invited into. And then there's summer. Summer is critical for a grape to become uh, its ripest self. It's these moments of drought. It's the moments where there's no water. It seems that there's no nourishment. 
that the energy is no longer going towards the plant, but it's going towards the growth. In 2015, a farmer was interviewed during California's uh, long-standing drought and asked about his expectations for what would be coming of his vineyard. And he said, this will be a very good year for wine. And when asked about this in the interview, he said, when there's no water, the fruit is smaller, but the fruit is sweeter. I can't help but think that there might be many of us who feel like we're in the middle of a drought, the middle of our summer. We're longing for the way things were. We're looking towards a sense of certainty, and we're wondering when the drought will end. My encouragement to you is in this season that even though the, the fruit may be smaller, may it be sweeter. May we allow the concentration of God's presence in our life to produce something that is truly unique that only he can give. And after summer, and what's amazing about how God has set up the seasons is there's harvest. And as followers of Jesus, there are moments in our lives we can see harvest, but we also have a greater hope and expectation of a full redemption that we'll have. But in this life, when we see here in this conversation with Jesus having with his disciples, again and again, it talks about this idea of fruitfulness. Any vine dresser knows that the goal of the vineyard is to produce fruit. And in Jesus, he talks about abiding as an opportunity for this, not just to grow something to look at, to notice, but for it to produce fruit as a usefulness and a purpose. Now, when I read this in my modern Western culture, I immediately think about usefulness or efficiency. Um, but when we look at this, we see that the fruitfulness is attached to abiding. Later on, the Apostle Paul, reflecting on these words of Jesus, writes in a letter to the church in Galatia, more specifically about the kind of fruit that the Holy Spirit is bringing. Now, what's important to notice is that in the middle of Jesus' discourse on the Holy Spirit in John 14 and 16, there's a conversation about fruit. And Paul, knowing this, begins to describe that the fruit that Jesus is looking for is the fruit of the Holy Spirit. And in his letter to the Galatians, he writes this, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. And those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. If we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. What's fascinating about Paul's letter to the Galatians is bearing fruit is never a command. It's a byproduct. Just as fruit naturally comes from a branch that is abiding in the vine. Paul sees that the fruit of love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and goodness, all of these things are not virtues to be pursued. These are fruits that are produced once we have abided in Christ and the Holy Spirit begins to allow those things to come out. The command that we see in Galatians 5 
is not to bear fruit, it's to walk. It's to keep in step with the Spirit. My encouragement to you in this time is that you would identify what season you're in. Maybe for some of you it feels like winter. It feels like you are in the middle of something cold and isolated. And in this time, I'd encourage you to let the the Father, the vine dresser, come and to say, Lord, what are you wanting to change, to change? How can you direct my life to greater fruitfulness? Maybe some of you guys have used this time to have much-needed rest, to connect with family that you've needed to connect with. And in a certain sense, this even might feel like spring. What I encourage you, begin to start practicing those elements of relationship with God, practicing the presence of God. And for those of you who feel like this is summer and you are in the middle of a drought, but I remind you that it's in those seasons of drought that the fruit might be small, but may it be sweet. May we look for the small things in our life that God is wanting to produce in us. And would we all look forward to harvest when we, as we walk with the Spirit, as we abide and make our home with Christ and He with us, that we would begin to see the love and the joy and the peace and the patience and the kindness begin to be an offshoot of our life because of how we have connected to Jesus. In John Mark Homer's book, The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry, he says, when we come to a place of freedom, our failures slowly lose their power over us, as do our successes. We get out from under the tyranny of other people's opinions, the disapproval or approval of us, free to just be us, the mixed bag we are, nothing more than children with our Father, adopted into love, free to be in process yet to arrive, and that's okay. In silence and solitude, our souls finally come home. That's what Jesus meant by abide, the verb of abode or home, the place of rest. Grace and Thanks for joining us here on the Light San Diego podcast. This sermon was recorded in Encinitas, California. For more information, please visit us at lightsandiego.com. Thank you.